May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. It is Monday, June 5th. This is a College Football Daily. I am Lance Glynn. On today's episode, I'm going to throw to a conversation from the Bucknuts Morning 5 podcast that covers Ohio State athletics as they were joined by offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach Brian Hartline. They discussed 2023 Buckeyes, turning Ohio State into wide receiver U, NIL, the transfer portal, and so much more. Make sure to check out bucknuts.com for all the best coverage on Ohio State. So without holding you any longer, here is their conversation with Ohio State wide receiver receivers coach brian hartline i want to start off just getting your take on what the foundation is doing for the program like how do you how much is the the foundation of what they're doing is helping you guys with the program yeah i mean it's critical you know the, the college landscape where it's at and then where it's going uh to have the support of buckeye nation and the foundation i mean that's critical in recruiting i mean i think that uh, you guys have seen a change we know it's changing and their ability to adapt and grow as well as long as we grow has been critical. Uh, they've been a huge part of our last couple of classes, and they'll continue to do that moving forward. But without their help, it would be a lot more difficult to be successful. Have there been recruits recently that you've not been able to go after because the NIL wasn't up to snuff or wasn't competitive? No. Good. That's the point. Next question. You've obviously established yourself now to the point where every guy who gets an Ohio State offer without provocation uh, will refer to Ohio State as wide receiver you. Um, Got to be proud of the track record. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the what you've done on the field and, and what the guys have done uh, in the draft as well. What do you look for in a receiver? Are, are you looking at the entire earth now and saying, I want the top five receivers in this class or – when Brian Hartline goes to look for a receiver for wide receiver you, what is he looking for? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for one of the best receivers in, in the country. I mean, I guess the numbers and how people rank them is up to interpretation. I mean, yeah, sometimes we're close to you know recruiting the guys that are quote-unquote ranked really high, but we've also recruited a bunch of guys that aren't, and they became the best. So, you know, I don't know, you know, as far as what I'm looking for, I mean, the litany of things that I go through. I'm not going to go into that, but the uh, we are trying to look uh, at the cerebral makeup of the athlete, and to me, I feel like that's uh, the non-negotiable. I think how fast guys are, and and that, you know, changing direction, and the, all this these measurables. There's a lot of wiggle room on those, but uh, one thing that's really a non-negotiable is probably how they're made up mentally. Being offensive coordinator now, Brian, get into that a little bit. Um, I know you're going to be calling plays. At least it's going to be a collaborative effort. I'm sure Coach Day is going to be heavily involved, obviously. Um, just curious to get your thoughts on the promotion of being offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's a great honor. I mean, if I think back about six years ago, uh, this definitely would not have been the plan. Nor, you know, five years before coaching, coaching would have been a part of the plan. So, uh, it's pretty surreal to see, you know, the past take shape. They definitely uh, were not intentional, uh, but sometimes those are the best paths. The ones that you didn't really force and try to force and try to look for uh, are the best ones. So um, huge honor, 
uh, at my alma mater. Marty's really, you know, uh, passionate about the school and his fan base. So uh, to be uh, in the position I am now, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, returning personnel. And obviously that starts with, uh, starts with Marvin Harrison. Uh, one of our CBS brethren did a pod recently where they looked back at all the receivers going back through the draft and thought who, assuming, and I'll say it, assuming Marvin Harrison heads for the draft, who would be picked in front of them? They went back. They had to go back. So they went over each year. They got back to, I think it was 2011 and Julio Jones. So just the scope of that discussion is, is pretty awesome. Can you talk about you know, what it was like recruiting him to get to where you are now? Obviously, expectations for a guy with that name are large, but I can just speak personally. He's better than like when even from all the press he got and recruiting rankings, he's so far exceeded that. Or I can't think of a receiver who's coming back into a returning year who's got like that high of a Q rating where everyone just across the board just agrees he's the top receiver in the country. Can you talk about what it's been like to be part of that and help him get to this point? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a pretty clean recruitment. I mean, we were very focused on uh, goals and aspirations he wanted to reach, you know, and then what made of that. I mean, there wasn't many off-kilter conversations. Uh, we spent time getting to know each other. I just spent a lot of time over there in their school, uh, building their relationship and, and they know dad too. Uh, but really just like I'm mean, really a lot of the guys that choose our room, uh, pretty centered on the path they want to take. And they're not really too uh, uh, starstruck by the, you know, the extra stuff that's out there, especially now. So uh, still trying to work to find more and more of those guys. Uh, I think those are the guys that provide the, the highest likelihood of success. And, uh, you know, Marv uh, had that cut as a young man, you know, he wasn't, I wouldn't say a highly recruited receiver at that time, uh, but the mental makeup of uh, the athlete and, and his goals and aspirations. I mean, a lot of those things stood out and those carry weight in my opinion. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a great recruitment. It was straight to the point. It was uh, very football based and uh, we're blessed to have him in our room. Has he even surprised you a little bit though, with how, how well he's played? I mean, to go from being, I mean, his first ever start with borderline legendary and then, Ohio State lost, who was supposed to be the number one receiver in the country last year, and he stepped in, and he was the number one receiver. It didn't happen a little, did it happen a little faster than you might have expected? Yeah, I didn't really have expectations. I didn't really, like, have a, you know, a timeline of how I thought it was supposed to go. Uh, I knew that, you know, I figured just like most athletes, and that could include Julian, I mean, the more they play, the more they realize that they can be that player. I think that a lot of times young athletes have confidence, but it's still a little bit of fake confidence until they do it. And then when they start doing it, it can really snowball. And uh, I think, you know, he's one of them. I think there's we've had a lot of them, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, yeah. I mean, I have other opinions in my head, but I'm going to keep them to myself. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know, you know, um, I would say it would be pretty hard-pressed to find any two better, two or three better receivers in the country last year right on. Uh, that wasn't in Ohio State's room. Um, but – now, at least we had one finalist in the Blitnikoff. I guess that's good. Yeah, and so. should have been the winner. Um, but, that, you know, that's uh, – we'll, we'll – uh, Two in a row, We'll, lead, we'll lead that fight. We'll lead that fight. So, you don't have to. Uh, we can thank you. Ridiculous. We can that's say anything. Yeah, you guys can't. It's the beauty yeah, and of I can, this. I can, I can push the like button. Sure, there this you go. square. Yeah. This square yeah. open. 
open which I, which I did. I, I've called out the Blitnikoff many times. Well, I mean, um, now I want to ask about Joe Philbin. I mean, you're uh, you know him pretty well uh, when you were starring for the Miami Dolphins back to back thousand yard receiving seasons. Uh, that was your head coach for the Dolphins. What a home run hire to get him as an analyst. Your thoughts on Joe Philbin joining the staff? Yeah, I'm just glad it worked out. I remember calling Joe and seeing if he had interest, and he he did. And uh, you know, I, you know, there's, you know, you still got to figure out a way to make it work. I mean, it's hard for the family sometimes and to make moves and all those things. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, it worked. I'm glad it did, and uh, he's gonna be a great resource for us. Uh, I'm really excited to work alongside him uh, this coming season. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about Philbin, they, Philbin, excuse me, they mention his uh, experience with the Dolphins or the Packers, but he was the Cowboys offensive line coach the last few years. He did a tremendous job with Tyler Smith, rookie left tackle, but they also developed a right tackle named Terrence Steele, who was a college free agent that no one wanted. Um, so he can do it with your high profile guys. He's done it with kind of your salt of the earth types. So that's uh, very promising and Obviously, those guys are pretty overqualified for the gig. It's nice to be at Ohio State and have that kind of leverage. Can you talk about some of the, the younger guys that have arrived on campus? Uh, Dave and I had the pleasure of being at the foundation fundraiser a few weeks ago, and they passed the eye test, man. I'm Jelani Thurman and can get off the bus first any day. Um, but Carnell Tate was the one who kind of jumped out to me as just how personable he was and just almost wise beyond his years. And I think he said sure. Yes, I was, I was telling. Dave, First, you said personable. Yeah, he was oh, great man. Okay, I gotta, very I mature. Looks you right wow. in the eyes. That's what you. No, like, I, I agree with and, that. Yeah, I he's like that. Yeah, oh, some, guy, some guys you start talking to, and you realize they're a little bit more mature than I am, and I'm fifty, and that's embarrassing. But Carnell, some of the other guys, not the easiest place to walk into, and um, the pressure is there from expectations, and you're surrounded by studs everywhere. Going up against elite corners, how have they adjusted? And uh, like your expectations for those guys this year? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, again, expectations are personally based. You know, it's not the expectations you guys want to carry, but it's, mine are different. So, uh, but they've done a good job. You know, I mean, spring is always hard for walking in freshmen, and uh, it was hard, and you could see them growing throughout spring. Uh, I'm excited to have Brandon add to the group in early May. I have not been around him a lot since we've been on the road all of May recruiting, uh, but they're off to a good start, doing a good job in their meetings. We had a lot of things set up for them in the offseason. They're, they're killing that. They're doing a good job. They're asking the right questions. And to your point, I mean, academically, you know, they've them being a part of it. Uh, we had like a 3-1 QM in our spring semester. And so, you know, these guys bought in academically on time. They're working their tails off. They're learning quickly. I know it's hard, uh, but I couldn't be more happy with the young group that uh, that has walked in. I want to get back to the foundation for a second. Just how much do you feel like the foundation is helping as far as retaining players? Like Coach Day obviously came out about a year ago, said like we're going to need about $13 million total just to retain our guys. How much is uh, the foundation helping with that, Brian? Yeah, huge part. I mean, I think they're, they're, they're comboing both. I mean, they're – they're in the high school space, but they're also in the uh, uh, the current player space. And uh, they're really, again, they're just here to help. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, they're not trying to, you know, make calls or do this or do that, telling us what to do. I mean, they're just, hey, how can we help? And that's just the power of Buckeye Nation and the foundation being, you know, a great organization and, and one of the first ones to jump off and go. Uh, 
And I can't say enough about uh, those guys and how much they've helped us. I was to say one more thing about the foundation. So like I keep saying this, correct me if I'm wrong. I keep saying, so obviously the foundation cannot give money up front to recruits. We know that, but obviously current players are talking to recruits. They talk to each other. We have guys on the team that were high school teammates that are a year apart. And I feel like it's helping Ohio state a lot that these guys know as soon as they enroll at Ohio state, they will be taken care of. It's not like bait and switch. Like we've seen in some other schools. So it feels like even though the, even though the, the collective cannot pay them up front, it feels like the foundation, like with everything that they've done, they've laid that, no pun intended, the foundation where these recruits talk to each other. And I feel like that's helping Ohio State land recruits. Is that Yeah, fair? I think and it's still relationship-based. I mean, they're still, you know, building relationships. So what they do choose to come on campus, um, there's already something built there. And uh, uh, a lot of what they do is uh, is not just, you know, trying to take care of athletes, the athletes are giving back to the community. And that's been the biggest impact. Those guys back, you know, getting back into the community and seeing their fans and, and seeing those less fortunate. I mean, uh, it's a great give and take, but like you're saying, agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's obviously, you know, rules and they're, they're doing a great job balancing those rules that seem to, you know, move around a little bit, but uh, they've done a great job. And uh, those that choose Ohio state uh, for the right reasons, uh, they seem to be uh, getting looked after. So you're still a young guy, and Dave and I uh, were both here when you were a player, and now that you've come back, so you probably can, you probably have a real good memory of what it was like to be recruited and stuff. The landscape now, the way things are, is nuts compared to when, even when, you know, 10, 15 years ago, plus you've got the, uh, the addition of the portal and such. Obviously, you can't name names, but when you get a commitment from a verbal commitment from a recruit and those recruits then take visits elsewhere or, you know, uh, report offers from elsewhere and stuff. How does that make you feel? I mean, I can tell you how it makes the Bucknutters feel. Um, we have to set up like a therapy line for it. But you yourself personally. I think fans need a therapy line for a lot of things. Well, that's that's that's, a, that's another. This podcast doesn't want to go that long. We want to get into okay. that. But, All right. Yeah. Um, how, do, how does that make you feel and what's your view of the situation? You know, this is, yeah, there is easy to get caught up in like emotions and, and whatever, but I would say the recruiting process is always about the athlete. It's not about anybody else. And if athletes want to choose, you know, universities for, for whatever reason, hopefully the right reasons, um, those reasons can one can change or two, they eventually could change. Like, I, I, I don't know. My mom always told me I have plan A, plan B, and plan C. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's what my mom always told me. So for an athlete to say, hey, I want to go here, and then, you know, decides in their family's best interest, it's still good to make sure we still have a plan B, C, D, E based on outcomes. That sounds pretty smart to me. Now, do I love it if you're sold on it? Like, and you're at the university. No, I mean, I don't say, I can't say I love it, but I, I, it's about the athlete. It's about what they need. And that's what I support full heartedly. So, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, this could be a long conversation. I mean, you're really excited about the commitment. You would like it to be a coach. I'm good. I'm, you know, whatever I'm, I'm ride or die, um, you know, Buckeye. But then there may be some people that, you know, fall in love with Coach Day. And there's a, there's still a whisper like, what if Coach Day is not there? Right. Well, it's not about the Buckeyes. I love the Buckeyes, but I love the Buckeyes because of Coach Day. Right. So, you know, 
if, if I grew up in Canton, Ohio, and I went to Glen Oak High School, and I decided to be a Buckeye because I didn't want to go anywhere else, sure, I didn't have to take visits. That right. was just my that was my uh, uh, my plan and my under you know my ideology, my my reasoning. But like maybe that's different for other people. I think for us to judge other people's processes and uh, critique it is wrong. And I think that at the end of the day, I really do believe relationships win. And if you spend time on a relationship, um, most of the time, I mean, that's, that's, that's where, you know, it hits home. Big thanks to the team on the Bucknuts Morning 5 podcast and everyone over at bucknuts.com. Also, big thanks to Brian Hartline for joining those guys for this discussion. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to head on over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you again later this week. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. Guys, All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.